it really is less of like a fix-it mode and more of like a rescue operation. Grant, I would love if you'd be willing to guide us through an experience where we could put this into practice right here and right now. So friends listening, my invitation, if you would, is shift your thinking from simply student and taking in ideas and information to now settling in and receiving. Your father providing for you an easy yoke and a light burden. My invitation is to get comfortable, settle in somewhere where you can rest a while, distraction-free, fully present to your own heart and the heart of God. Okay, friends, here is one of my favorite visualizations that I like to teach clients and run through myself of just starting to wrap our head around what does it mean to dialogue with the parts of us and even start to differentiate between the parts of us that are kind of more vulnerable and the parts of us that are trying to protect us from being flooded with whatever that emotion is or protect us from getting hurt. So I'm going to go ahead and explain the visualization first and then I'll swoop back around and we can do it then together and see where it takes you. And I always like to say, as always, feel free to just modify whatever you need. Uh, I typically default to wilderness or camping uh, as part of my internal work. And if that doesn't resonate with you, great. You can do kind of whatever, whatever you'd like. So I like to think about you're out camping and you're with your family or you're with your friends and a ranger walks by. You guys are just kind of hanging out around a fire and a ranger walks by and says, hey, we are actually looking for volunteers. There's been a five-year-old boy or girl who has um, been lost in the woods and we're just trying to kind of organize a volunteer search party if you're willing. And so this obviously was not part of your plan, but you volunteer, of course, of course, we'll go help. And so everybody is kind of spread out and I actually visualize, for me, I just visualize uh, like redwoods. And so you can make it into whatever you'd like. And maybe around like an hour or so in, you actually stumble upon this young child. And they're kind of up against, I imagine, they're kind of up against a tree. They're kind of cold. Um, they're scared. They're a little resistant to you. I would ask, so what would you do? How would you approach this young little child? Would you walk over, uh, dare I say, slap them, throw them over your shoulder, say, come on, you little brat, let's go? Probably not. But what's interesting is that's usually actually how we handle our own internal world is we try to force it or we try to shame it or we try to just push through. And so I would really like you to think about in this exercise, how would you approach this child if you found them? They don't know you. They don't know that you're safe. They don't know that you're here to help. All they know is that they're lost and they're cold. And so I might say, you might get down on their level. You might introduce yourself, let them know the context. Hey buddy, I'm actually part of a search team. I know your parents, you can even you know name them. 
If the child is still resisting, that's okay. I'm going to give you some space. Do you need a snack? Like, what do you need? Um, introduce Again, even just introducing yourself, but you're really going to go at their pace rather than kind of pushing in and, I don't know, forcefully <laughs> taking them back to camp and and just slowly building trust, right? Slowly building trust for this young kid to ultimately trust you to help lead him back to camp and lead him back to safety. Another add-on I really like is say you're approaching and you notice that off to the right or the left, whatever, is actually a hermit. And there's this old hermit that's been living in the woods. And I just, in my own system, just visualize him kind of on a rocking chair holding a shotgun and kind of disgruntled a little bit. And he sure as heck doesn't want anything to do with the kid. I mean, he's a hermit. He's choosing isolation on purpose, but he sure as heck isn't going to let that kid get hurt. And so imagine the same scenario where you blow past that hermit and try to just, you know, throw the kid over your shoulder, or maybe slap him around saying, hey, I'm supposed to be on a camping trip. You're bothering me. Um, you're going to get a leg full of buckshot. <laughs> so what would you need to do first? Well, you'd need to turn towards that hermit and you need to introduce yourself and you need to kind of let them know what your intentions are that you'd like to get to know this little guy what concerns does that hermit have before he lets you go and take care of that kid and ultimately that hermit of course wants that kid to be rescued but he doesn't trust like by nature he just doesn't trust and doesn't know who the heck you are much less whether or not you're safe so I really like this as an exercise because it shows that we do have these vulnerable parts of us that are kind of lost in the woods. And How do we usually approach them is usually not how we would approach a kid lost in the woods. Are you making eye contact? Do you feel that kind of heart connection? Or is it more the heady, well, here's what you do with a kid? And so as we are dialoguing and, and kind of interacting with these parts, it just helps so much if we kind of imagine a relationship rather than a set of techniques. So imagine a relationship with them as more kind of right brain, experiential. And if you find that you're running into blocks as you're trying to dialogue with a more vulnerable part, then it just means that you have your own version of a hermit who's sitting there <laughs> protecting either you from this little kid or protecting this little kid from you. And so if you're not able to make, you know, purchase or make headway with a more vulnerable feeling, then I want you to think about that hermit. I'm like, okay, there's actually another part here that I need to turn to and kind of negotiate with, kind of build trust, negotiate so that I can help this kid get back to his parents. Okay. So I would say, let's just go ahead and take a breath. And of course, let's just invite Jesus in. And I would say a little bit of player's choice here. You can either choose a specific maybe memory of you as a little kid or a particular vulnerability that you're aware of but haven't really made any headway with. And the goal is not super deep healing in this exercise, but just to start dialoguing in a different way. So that's option one. Option two is I would just roll with what, what you find in the exercise and not worry too much about it. So go ahead, taking a couple of breaths and just dropping into the scene. 
as you're setting it up from. And one other quick tidbit is I would I would think of it like you're looking through your own eyes rather than seeing yourself from above. So first person rather than third person. If you do notice that you're third person, I would just take a couple of breaths and just imagine dropping into first person. And I think that'll be helpful. But don't worry about it. Just play with it and we'll see where this takes you. So go ahead and imagine that you're out camping. It helps to bring in the senses. So what are you seeing? What are you smelling? What are you feeling? Just really allowing yourself to be present in this exercise. Just taking another couple of breaths. And just imagine that that ranger comes around and asks for your help. And off you go. And then a little bit of a fast forward button, but just imagine that you're walking through the forest and you see this little guy. Whether he's huddled in a corner or walking aimlessly. But what do you notice? What do you see? What does his face look like? What are his shoulders doing? Does he seem aware of you or not? And before you approach him, one of my favorite questions is, just pause right now and just notice, how do I feel towards him? If we're assuming that this is a part of me, how do I grant, how do I Mike, how do I, whoever you are, how do I feel, not about, that's heady, but how do I feel towards this little guy now that I've found him? And if you take a couple of minutes and kind of just slow down, maybe think about getting on his level, just making that connection by maybe looking in his eyes, maybe recognizing what emotions he's feeling, but just noticing how you feel towards him. One thing I like to encourage people is I almost like to track curiosity is if you're like, huh, I wonder how he's doing or, huh, I wonder what he, I wonder what made him so sad or what made him wander off or I wonder if he's cold, what he needs. If you're feeling that, then that's great. I'd say that you're kind of united with Christ and that kind of what I call self-energy or self-leadership. And if you're not, if you notice that you're feeling maybe angered towards him or you're fearing, you're feeling fear, or if there's like an intellectual part that's really kind of distracting you from being able to drop into the image, just notice that. I would say identify it. 
And just imagine that that's similar to the hermit. It doesn't have to be holding a shotgun. But here's this part on your right or your left or in your heart, whatever it may be, that I would argue is actually concerned about you heading towards that little guy and is really trying to help. So if that's you, I would just imagine turning towards that part and just acknowledging that you sense it's here. And for the sake of this exercise, just ask it if you'd be willing to just pull up a chair and watch. If it would be willing to give you just a little bit of space so that you could be curious and just get to know this lost little boy. And if it doesn't, I think I would encourage you to go ahead and pause the recording and just hear it out. Like, what does it want you to know about why it doesn't want you to go, go talk to that boy? What does it want you to know about how it's trying to help you by flooding you with anger or by flooding you with fear or by flooding you with, I don't know, intellect, like having a hard time dropping in? How is it trying to help you with that? And then I would just acknowledge it, okay? I don't necessarily have to agree with what it's saying, but that kind of makes sense. So would you, like, thank you, I hear you, and would you be willing to give me a little bit of space now? And if not, he just might need some more airtime. This, this concerned part might need some more airtime. But just for the sake of the exercise, let's just assume that you do notice that when you turn towards this little guy, this lost little part, that you actually do feel some curiosity or even compassion. And just taking a couple of breaths and even just start to let him know. I like to just let him know that you're here. And even just introducing himself and just ask him, would he be willing to share anything about himself that he wants you to know? Is this actually a younger you from part of your story? If you don't have clarity, I wouldn't worry about it. But just see, what does that part want you to know about itself? And as you're trying to dialogue, sometimes people can get thrown if there's like silence or if they get like a download that's way out in left field and kind of surprising. So just keep tracking how you feel towards this part. And I'd encourage you to stay towards curiosity of just getting to know him and just understanding this part and really whatever he wants you to say. And I would just echo back. Okay, buddy, I hear you saying that you're, you're cold or that you're scared or, oh, this actually looks like that part of me. This looks like a fifth grade part of me. Like, hey, buddy, are you, are you like 10 years old? Like, are you a part of me? Okay. Hey, buddy, what was 10 years old like? What was fifth grade like? If the scene ends up shifting to a little bit of down memory lane, you are in control, I think, of the throttle of, okay, would you like to hear what that part has to say about that memory? Or it might be enough just to acknowledge, oh, okay, yeah, I remember that time on the playground. That was, that was a little, 
That was a little tricky. Or that was a blast, whatever it may be. But just practicing being present with this part without much of an agenda to change it or to like forcefully dig, but just letting this part know that you're here and that you'd like to get to know him a bit more. And don't be thrown if you're not getting anything. I would just, again, visualize being in the woods with this like scared little part. Just putting your arm around him, just being close. You can always ask the part, would it be okay if I came a little closer? And just for the sake of the exercise, we'll probably wrap it here. We'll put a pause button on it. Again, more resources on Morgan's page. And, you know, if, you, if you're with the, still with the rescue image, you can just say, hey, buddy, would you like to come back to camp with me? But another one that I love, whether you're in kind of memory lane or just being present with the, with the mindfulness meditation here, is what else do you want me to know before we wrap up today? And then just linger. Just hang there. Hey, buddy, what else do you want me to know? It's been cool to get to know you. Interesting that my fifth grader popped up. Feeling kind of warm towards him. Don't necessarily know what to do with it, but just kind of cool to talk to him. Hey, buddy, what else do you want me to know before we wrap up for today? And then I would just imagine taking a couple of breaths, bringing yourself back to the room. And if you want to, maybe bust out a journal and just dialogue and just let yourself remember kind of what that was like. And clearly there's plenty more of kind of deep healing, but what would it be like if you could access these parts of you, whether it be a specific memory or just a vulnerable emotion or feeling, by approaching it in that kind of kind, loving way that you would if you were on a rescue mission. And sometimes I describe to my clients that it really is less of like a fix-it mode and more of like a rescue operation because I genuinely believe that these parts are being held down by the, the beliefs and the burdens, the agreements, the wounds, the pain that they've been holding for so long. And so these emotions that have felt stuck for all these years, like what happens if they're actually just stuck there and lost and don't actually know that adult you is now driving the bus? What if they actually just don't know that there's this safe adult that can take care of them? Because how scary would the life circumstance be if you actually were a fifth grader and you're trying to figure out if you need to sell your house or um, pursue a relationship? Like that would be really scary. But what's exciting is that if these, part, if these are parts of you and they can actually reintegrate and kind of become part of a team with you, then they're going to be so excited. That kid's going to be so excited to get out of the woods. Um, yeah. So we'll leave it at that. Plenty more I could say, but well done. Just playing around with the idea of dialoguing with your parts. And some people are visual. Some people get physical sensations in their bodies. Some people are more intellectual, so don't worry if kind of imagining yourself in the woods feels really foreign. I'd still encourage you to give it a try. 
but of just being able to track that and then not getting thrown if you run into kind of that protector, that little hermit in the woods. So thank you guys so much. There will definitely be some more specific exercises that we'll be able to offer alongside Morgan on his, um, on his page. And thank you guys for your trust. Happy exploring. Grant, so good, so generous. Thank you for your love, for me, and for the men around the globe who are risking entering into this deep work. Friends, we are taking a deep and broad exploration with this idea of what does it practically look like to embody the experience of salvation being not only an event, but also a process of Christ holding it all together, beginning not with the external world, but the internal world. And so we're traveling through some teaching, some conversation, and some modeling, and now having put it into practice, my invitation to you is what would be next before we go to a final episode in the series? What would be next in your intimate work with God? As you know, all of the resources mentioned and deeper exploration of this category of integration of the soul can be found at becomegoodsoil.com forward slash parts work. We will be concluding with an episode six of this series where we circle entirely back to the beginning and take a fresh pass at the big idea of the biblical case and the practical experience of integrating the parts within us through a fresh teaching hosted by my wife, Sherry, and myself. And it's just a new angle at the same idea to bring us back to the basics, to bring us back to the core idea. It's a really fun session. Sherry does um, a beautiful illustration of her deep integration. And then we finish with one of the most beautiful prayer times we've ever had the privilege of hosting together for a live audience. So make sure that you join us back for episode six of the series. In the meantime, as we close this episode and we turn to a final 90 seconds of pause, meditation, curiosity, and breath. After doing this practice guided by Grant, my ask of your soul is what is the strongest emotion that surfaced for you? Here and now, listening to this podcast episode, what is the strongest emotion as you accessed your part through this experiential exercise? Was it shame? That's what came up for me as a deepest emotion. How about for you? Was it fear? Was it hope? Was it longing? Was it rejection or acceptance? Was it courage? Was it lack? My invitation is tune in and access the strongest emotion. And in this 90 seconds, through your breath, invite Jesus into that emotion and ask him what he wants to say to you in that place. 
and ask him what is his particular provision for you in that place as he tends to you, as a farmer tends to the field, as a gardener tends to the vine. Jesus tends to that place. And so let's let him do his work. We'll be back together soon for another episode of the Parts Work series on the Become Good Soil podcast.